30 on SFM, South Africa's news and information leader. It's good to be back. Yes, after a weekend. Usually I'm excited after a weekend, but this uh, Monday I find myself a little uh, depressed as we head into the PSL radio show, Segun Jalo. Uh, we've got a busy show coming up tonight, but uh, sure, man, what can you say about the weekend's uh, football action? Oof. South Africa losing 3-1 to Mauritania. Certainly not inspiring. Uh, Itumilankune dropping the ball into his own net. Sibonga Zulu get red card on debut. It wasn't all roses for South Africa over the weekend. But the problem now is that South Africa's five points behind the log leaders Cameroon after just two games in these qualifiers, uh, the 2017 Africa Cup of Nations qualifiers, and they've played the two weakest opponents in their group. So that is problematic. Four matches left. We've still got to face Cameroon, the log leaders, twice. But uh, coming up on the show tonight, we've got, uh, amongst others, uh, Mamalodi Sundown Superstar st- Surprise Muridi. We'll talk about the uh, Kiana game that happened this past weekend. We'll also catch up with uh, Rowan Fernandez talking about the national team and, indeed, the impact on the PSL. And we'll catch up with Eric Tinkler, a man who is, of course, in charge of Orlando Pirates, the one PSL team that's flying the South African flags a very high in continental competition because he's taking Orlando Pirates to Cairo later this week to try to uh, claim that away win against Zamalek. By the time we're on air on Thursday, uh, Orlando Pirates will already be on their way to Egypt. Uh, let's get straight into your sports news, though, starting with the news from the 11th African Games. Banyana Banyana uh, should be playing Cameroon in their opening fixture to the women's football competition. South Africa, though, will be chasing further medals in the pool tonight. But with the latest news from Brazzaville, the Congo Republic, is uh, SFM's Manfred Seidler. Good afternoon. Well, yeah, it's a lot of action in the pool happening right now. Chad Leclerc winning the men's swimming in a butterfly. No, repi- no surprises there. Karen uh, Prinsloo winning the women's chairman of FIFA and Marlies Ross taking the silver there. A lot of action still to come in the pool. The men's swimming in the individual medleys, women's swimming in a breaststroke. And Cameron van den Berg in the men's swimming in a breaststroke final. You did mention the, uh, the, the final game against uh, Cameroon. Well, we have no results. We have no results coming out there. We'll keep you up to date. That a little bit later. Thank you, Sport. So, certainly busy times in uh, Congo Republic running around is uh, Manfred Seidler, but another man who's running around is Courtney Walsh in New York City because uh, it's a big day in the US Open. The action continuing, including a match between Kevin Anderson and Andy Murray. So, Courtney Walsh in New York City, hello to you. I should say good afternoon, your time, but uh, we're all excited in, uh, at the prospect of Kevin Anderson making it beyond the fourth round, but he's up against Andy Murray today. What, what, what counts in his favour? Look, I think, uh, and good to talk to you, I think, uh, look, Kevin's been playing extremely well, and no doubt, as you would be aware, over the last year or two, he's been uh, extremely consistent. But just his, his movement, his serve, the way he's playing, and the right of confidence he has uh, so far this week, look, I think he's a real shot. Um, the other thing, and it's a bit of a quirky thing, uh, they're playing on an outdoor stadium, uh, Louis Armstrong Stadium, which is the, the second biggest stadium in New York uh, behind Arthur Ashe, and it's one that Andy Murray hates. It really rattles him. The crowd's a bit boisterous. So I think uh, you know, there's a few things in Kevin's favour today here. Well, I think it's going to be a thoroughly exciting match, but another of the uh, former champions is in action later today. Roger Federer uh, uh, is still becoming, uh, or bidding to become the, one of the oldest champions since Ken Rosewell in 1970. But uh, what do his chances look like against John Isner? Well, look, it's sort of a similar type of game to the Murray Anderson clash. You know, a taller guy with a great serve versus uh, one of the best defenders. I mean, look, Federer, amazing in offence as well, as we've seen, but uh, he covers the ground so well, and... Uh, and like Murray has the ability to blunt the blunt the return, oh sorry, blunt the serve of Isner. I think, uh, look, I think 
you know, Federer is a, an overwhelming favourite in that one, despite the fact that he's been playing in front of a home crowd. Well, I think it's going to be intriguing to see how that uh, pans out. Uh, just uh, what, what's happening briefly in the women's draw? I think uh, I saw Azarenka out on court a short while ago. Look, she's playing against a naturalised American, uh, Vivara Lepchenko, who can be a tricky player, a left-hander. Uh, Azarenka started really well. She got the first set uh, 6-3. And at the moment, it's on serve in the second set. Um, but look, she uh, the way the draw has opened up, she's a chance to go through. And I think on that side... Despite the fact that Smana Harlip, who, uh, who plays before Kevin uh, and Andy this afternoon, despite the fact she's the second seed, I think Azarenka is the real danger in that half of the draw to go through to the final. I'm still excited about what's happening in the women's draw. We'll see the Williams sisters meeting later this uh, week as well. But uh, Courtney Walsh, for now, thank you very much for your updates from New York. South Africa's under-23 team, meanwhile, in football, is trailing Tunisia's under-23 by goal to nil in their second international friendly at uh, Stade Olympique El Menza in Tunis. Tunisia scoring in the second minute of the match with uh, just under half an hour to play. Uh, Bafana Bafana, meanwhile, uh, coach Sheikhs Mashaba believing that the best way to respond to the embarrassing loss in Mauritania is to score goals and beat Senegal in the Nelson Mandela Challenge at Orlando Stadium tomorrow night. South Africa has been hit by this disappointment as a 3-1 Group M loss to Mauritania that's left Bafana Bafana's qualification hanging by a three and after only two games. Mashaba, though, is also without midfielder Ayanda Patosi and uh, injured centre-backs Matoho and uh, Rivaldo Kutsia, but uh, striker Tamsang Lagabuza and defender Anil Nunga have been declared fit. Rugby news, despite being inactive for the past three weekends, the Springboks are up to third in the latest official world rankings. New Zealand still lead the way, Australia second, while England's 21-13 win over Ireland this past weekend. See them jump up to fourth. Meanwhile, World Rugby has confirmed that Springbok hooker Chiliboy Ralabel is suspended for two years for a doping offence. The 28-year-old who played 23 tests for the Springboks between 06 and 2013 underwent an out-of-competition doping control test on March 19th last year. He was recovering from an operation on an anterior cruciate ligament following knee surgery sustained while playing for Toulouse against Biarritz in France in February last year. And briefly in cycling, Trek Factory Racing's Frank Schleck has won the 185km 16th stage of La Vuelta a España by a minute and 10 seconds. That's your sports news. It's time for the PSL Radio Show. For all you need to know about the Premier Soccer League, fixtures, results and all the latest news. Proudly brought to you by APSA. Today, tomorrow, together. PSL Radio Show. SFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Let's uh, catch up now with a man who proved instrumental in Mamelodi Sundown's victory over the Kiona team this uh, past weekend. Just yesterday, of course, uh, Mamelodi Sundown's beating the Kiona team uh, by two goals to nil. Instrumental in the victory was none other than the uh, incredibly talented surprise Moriri, who I was delighted to see back out on the pitch for this uh, Brazilian squad. Uh, he's on the line as well. Surprise, thanks for joining us. Hello. Hey, thanks. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. Oh, surprise. Always good to uh, chat to you. Well, what did you think of your opponents yesterday, out of interest? Uh, the, op- the opponents was, were, they were, they were good. Uh, I think, I think uh, you have to give credit to, to the coaches who pick up uh, those, those boys because you, you couldn't even uh, realize that the, it was just a, a team that they've been uh, selected for or in, in less than few months. So they gave us a, a, a good run, but uh, obviously we we went to the game with 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 one mind of of, of making sure that we, we win the game. 
Yeah, certainly. Uh, it looked like that you guys were were having a, a really good workout out on the pitch. But uh, d- did you did you feel personally it was just good to get a uh, proper game under your belt, a full sort of ninety odd minute run? Uh, it, 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 it was good to 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 play to play competitive games, and and yesterday I I felt good, and even uh, a couple of guys who were not participating who are not participating. Uh, 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 we were feeling good. To, to be given a chance is always good, and to, to, to play in front of the supporters is always good. So we had a chance uh, because other guys uh, went to the, to the national teams. Uh, so it was our chance to to make sure that we show coach uh, what, what 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 we can do. Uh. Yeah, I mean, a match like this, what does it do for players like uh, Tiani Mabunda, like Wayne Arance, like Kadleho Machiro, to to actually push for a place in the regular first team lineup then? It, it, it was good to see those guys, especially you, you mentioned uh, Tiana Mabunda. If you can recall, he was he has been lo- he was loaned last season and he came back. And yesterday he has been given a chance. And he, I am I'm telling you, he was one of the best players in the pit yesterday. And you couldn't even uh, realize that he has been out for quite some time. And obviously with with Wayne Arendt, with Wayne Arendt and Sadilens. Sandilands and, and Mahuta also. He, he has shown how, how, how prolific he is in front of the goal. So it was good to see those guys. I tell you, he looked, uh, he looked very good in scoring both of the goals. Of course, uh, Mahuta, Katleho Mashiro. But what, did you, what do you think of this initiative where young men who were walking around in villages in some cases just a few months ago could be professional footballers a few months later? It, it, it's always emotional. If you see, if, if you could have seen those boys in, in their eyes yesterday when they walked into the pitch, you can see that they, they were they were really looking forward, and and the platform that they have been given, they really appreciated that because you could they gave their best yesterday, and who knows, maybe yesterday's game could, could change a couple of players who, who, who participated yesterday, and that's what we what we want in, in in South African football because we always complain about. Development and you you just have to take your head off for for NetBank for coming with a initiative like that because uh, it gives uh, the underprivileged uh, boys uh, an opportunity to make sure that they can show their talent and and, and it was it was great to see them them playing yesterday. Looking ahead though for you, you've obviously got to focus now again on the uh, on the the APSA Premiership. But you've got a Golden Arrows next. How did how did this game actually help you prepare for them? Was it was it better than the traditional sort of friendlies in these gaps where you've got international breaks? Obviously, it, it helps. It helps, especially uh, to the coach. It helps the coach to know uh, how far uh, with the players that they have not been playing, so that maybe the guys who are coming back from the national team. Is You've got a couple of knocks, and and you have to reshuffle, shuffle a couple of of positions. You know that you've got a, a a pool of players who are ready to make sure that they can step up, step up to the to the to the plate when, when whenever they have been called. And yesterday, and what I can tell you is that uh, when we go to play against Golden Arrows, obviously the league game, is three points is is different from yesterday's game. So. We, we we really we really we really need to we really need to make sure that uh, we 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 collect points as early as possible, and that game is gonna be serious for us, as, 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 especially for because we we want to step up the ladder in the in the lock.
Yeah, obviously, uh, Sundown's uh, league title hopes the season must be uh, pretty good, I imagine, when you, when you consider some of the changes that happened at uh, Kaiser Chiefs, who uh, I would imagine you would feel are your, your main threats, considering they're the defending champions. But you, you've, you've also brought in a couple of players late in the transfer window, including this uh, Leonardo Castro. Tell us a little bit about uh, what he looks like and, and uh, how he fits into the Sundown setup. Castro, Castro is a good player, and he came uh, earlier uh, for, for, for trials, and, and he's, a, he's, a, he's a good player, I, tell, I can tell you. And to have him uh, into the team is going to strengthen the team, and we've got also uh, the, 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 the defender also who will, will add some, 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 some value at the back to make sure that we, we, we are tied at the back, uh, not that we are... We are we are, we are, we are, we've got problems at the back, just to give uh, some depth at the back and to make sure that we can comp- compete for, for this season because this season is going to be tough. You, as you have seen, you have already played a couple of games. You, you have seen that, a uh, couple of surprises. There's no game that you can say that one, uh, is a, is a short game where one team is going to outplay the other. You always see a couple of teams coming up with, with, with unexpected results. So, we have to make sure that uh, we are prepared for this season because it's going to be a rough season. So having those two guys is it, 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 good and, and, and it's good for the team and they're going to add the uh, value to the team. Surprise, Muriri. Uh, it was great to see you out on the pitch yesterday and performing once again. The way you set up that first goal was just uh, classic, Muriri. Great to see you back to uh, your very best. And we're not going to tell people how old you are, but you have been playing for just a few years, but you're playing like a 20-year-old at the moment. And thanks very much for joining us on the show tonight. It's always a pleasure to, to speak to you. Thanks very much. Dwayne DeLocker on SAFM. SFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Let's uh, talk now about the national team. Of course, a hugely disappointing, a 3-1 loss away to Mauritania this uh, past weekend. But oh, what do South Africans do? What do uh, the players do? How does it impact on the individual players as they come back to the PSL? Let's find out from uh, former international uh, Rowan Fernandez, a goalkeeper of note, and a man who had uh, numerous experience playing around not only the continent, but indeed the world. Rowan, thanks for joining us. Hello. Yeah, good to be back. Thanks. Rowan, let's uh, let's let's ask first off: were, were South Africa actually terrible, or were Mauritania simply far better than we give them credit for? To be honest, I think it was a combination of factors. I think uh, Mauritania, when you watch the game, they were really psyched up for the game. They had the home crowd behind them, 110%, and you know their players were just willing to put everything on the field and fight for the badge. I think it was a combination of them being really hyped up and us having it off game. There were a number of passes didn't go to, to, to defeat. Um, there were a number of mistakes that were happening in our game, which wouldn't normally happen. You know, and I just think there's maybe a confidence factor, maybe a preparation factor. We a lot of been made about the fact that we were playing on artificial turf. We never turned once on artificial turf before the game. So it's a lot of factors going into that. I think uh, Mauritania were the ones who capitalized better. Fair enough. Uh, four shots on target and they scored three goals. But explain some of the challenges and difficulties in actually playing away from home, especially when it comes to uh, the elements, the conditions and things like, as you say, artificial surfaces. Yeah, playing away from home is never easy. Uh, especially in the PSL, it's very different. But when you're playing in Africa, it's extremely different. You've got a whole new language barrier. The refs are totally foreign. You can't speak to them like you would do here in the local league. The you know, if there's a position or a home you kettle of fish, you don't, you don't see them every week. Um, and then, of course, the stadium and the pitch itself. I just think it's a, playing in Africa is a big challenge. But having said that, I think the, the boys who are playing football fun are 
are experienced enough to know these sort of things, and they should be able to deal with these sort of factors. And you know, artificial turf, it's, it is very different. The bounce is very different. The, 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 when you're running, your body takes a bit of a pounding because it's more like a, a harder feeling to your body. So there's a lot of factors that do take place. And these are things we should have been prepared for. I think we, we should have known these things. Going to Africa, there will, there will be some intimidation tactics. There will be the different conditions of the hotel, of the, of the delayed uh, passport control coming through. Little things that just add up in the end. And I think we, we should be more better prepared for these things. Two, two players that would be struggling emotionally with a, a couple of things that happened over the weekend. Obviously, the one is uh, Sibong Azula with a red card on debut. The other, and from a goalkeeping perspective, this would interest you, obviously, Itumelen Kune. I mean, here's a guy that a few years ago was being celebrated as saving a penalty from David Villa, and then he drops a regulation uh, you know, catch into the back of his net. It happens to the best players, we know it. But how do you recover from something as traumatic as that for, for both these guys? You know, you've got to laugh at it because... You know, the goalkeepers get measured on the amount of clean sheets they keep. Uh, you can have an absolute blinder for 89 minutes, make one crucial mistake in the 90 minutes, and you lose 1-0. And people will say, yeah, but you cost us the game. People tend to forget that, you know, you have made a couple of good saves in the past, he's kept us in the game. It was a pretty much routine catch, he should have saved it, but he's the first one to admit that he made a mistake. And, you know, he's not the first, and he's not the last to make a mistake like that. A lot of goalkeepers have made silly mistakes. Oliver Card made one in the World Cup final, in yeah. Brazil. <laughs> I mean, how much more costly can you get? Yeah, drop the so, cup. You know, we, 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 unfortunately, it's, uh, it's part of being a goalkeeper. Uh, people are very quick to praise you, but even quicker to criticize you. Yeah. The problem, though, is that ultimately you find yourself in a situation where we're now five points behind the best team in the group in Cameroon after playing already the two weakest teams in the group. How do you feel about our chances now of qualifying for the 2017 Africa Cup of Nations? To be honest, we've got nothing to lose. I think we have to go out there. We have to get a win. We can't, I can't afford to sit back and just wait and play nice football and play attractive corporate football for the crowd. And you know, oh, lovely, we played, we got 150 passes together, lovely, but we lost one nil. I think we now have to go out there and uh, go straight for the jugular. We have to go out there and put both teams to the sword, and we have to get maximum points. We can't afford to sit back. We've got to pick ourselves up very quickly. We can't afford to dwell too much on this now. It happened. We can't change it. We've got to get back on the on the bandwagon and focus on getting maximum points and you know, trying our best to get the maximum points and see what happens. Rowan, uh, looking ahead, South Africa playing Senegal tomorrow, what would a win do actually for, for, for the team from your perspective or do you not read anything into it being a non-competitive match? You know, in normal circumstances, I would have said that you can't read too much into it, but I think in the light of the recent events in the weekend, <laughs> I think it's a, bit of a, it's a big game for us. I think there's going to be so much pressure on on Coach Mishaba, on, on the players themselves, I think it's going to be a lot of implications coming out of this game because we have to win. People want results. It was a shocking result last in the weekend, so they want to see a massive turnaround by the players, a change in attitude from everybody. Um, I just think it's going to be a case of the people need to switch on. We need to get the results. Uh, it, it normally would just be like a normal friendly match in honor of Nelson Mandela, but now there's a lot more stake because of what's happened. And the players and the team have to show the country, what they actually got. One thing, you talk about the country. I mean, is there anything we can do domestically, I mean, in the PSL, in the National First Division, that will ultimately help improve the quality of the national team, Rowan? Well, we do have this disky challenge right now, which is pretty good. It's nice for the younger players to be coming through. It would be nice to get two more teams involved. Uh, you know, and I think also it boils right down to the under-12, under-13 league. You've got to get up, we always say, development, development, development. Do nothing about it. 
I think it's a hard time now. We need to take advantage of the fact that Neil Toby is now involved in the, in, the, in the structures and use his experience and use his connections. And, and now I know for a fact that Darren Buckley and Bradley Cornell are now away in Germany on a coaching course, uh, sponsored by the, the DFB, um, by former Bundesliga players to come and attend this coaching course to further themselves. And I think, you know, maybe South can do that. Make up links with other, other leagues, send our coaches abroad, get them educated. And get our structures in place from under 12 level. I think that's where it starts. And the Disky Challenge is cool. It's very good for the younger players. But, you know, in my opinion, we need 1920. It's too late in this country, man. It needs to be, we need to have stars at 17 making their debuts in the PSL, not 21, 22. Yeah, the problem is. We've got to start that development earlier. Yeah, the problem is, I suppose, then it's, uh, then it comes down to management and guidance of the younger players because uh, it's often the, the greatest talents that end up being lost somewhere in the system. But, uh, I mean, you can literally run through the names that were teenage prodigies and, and how many of them went uh, past 21 and, I suppose, into international careers. So maybe, maybe, maybe there are numerous factors we need to look at. But, Rowan, some very insightful uh, opinions from you tonight. Thank you very much for your views and uh, certainly enjoy the, the, the football tomorrow. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Wayne. PSL Radio Show. SFM South Africa's news and information leader. We shift focus now to the uh, CAF Confederation Cup where uh, Orlando Pirates continue to be the only PSL team that fly the uh, South African flag so very high on the continent. And this weekend, on Sunday in fact, they're attempting to top their group in the CAF Confederation Cup when they face Zamalek in Egypt. Oh, we've got the uh, coach of this very promising looking Orlando Pirates side on the line, Eric Tinkler. Eric, uh, thanks for joining us. Hello. Good evening and good evening to your listeners. Eric, how important is it to you to actually win on Sunday and finish top of the group? I think it would be very important if we could actually achieve that, you know, because uh, we're going into a game where there's no real pressure on us because we've already qualified for the semi. Mm. But it's a good opportunity for us to try and finish top of the group and then try to get a, you know, semi-final where we go away first and then, then get the second leg at home. You know, that's, that's we've been, been successful so far in this competition playing away from home first, and, uh, you know, we would like to keep that going. But, uh, you know, it's, it's a game where the players don't have any pressure on them. They can go out there, try and perform to their best ability. I think, you know, they want to turn the results around, particularly after leaving to them at home, and, you know, finish on a high. That's that's what's vitally important, because if you can win that game, then obviously you, you go into the semi-final with a lot more confidence and, and self-belief. Yeah, I mean, you, you talk about that loss at home, and I mean, that was a match you dominated for a good 70-odd minutes of, uh, of the game before losing out at the, at the end. But I mean, you've won four out of five games in the group stages, regardless of that, that loss against Zamalek here. You, you've been up against some of the top teams on the continent. You're averaging two goals a game. You've only conceded yeah. eight goals in 11 matches in this entire campaign. It's been a pretty, pretty remarkable run for you guys. I mean, it's, it's definitely doable, isn't it? I believe so. You know, I have a, a lot of belief and faith in the squad we have, and, and you know, it was a was a dream that that we had was to try and get to the final, and and you know, we 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 were one step closer. Um, obviously, I think it was a learning experience, particularly the loss against Amalek. You know, as you stated, we we dominated the game. We played exceptionally well. We got the lead, and then you know, we we lost it from there because we we had inexperience in us. You know, we didn't realize that it was important to play for the results particularly in this stage of the competition. And, uh, you know, immediately after that, the players learned from that lesson. And and I think, you know, the against Stacey Leopards was a fantastic performance. It might not have been the type of football that many people expected us to play, but, but we learned to play for the results, which was very important. 
Speaking of importance, though, you're up against a side that has just uh, gone on to win their first uh, Egyptian League title in eight years, and their top striker, Basim Morsi, scored a hat-trick over the weekend for, uh, for the national team, for Egypt, the seven-time champions. Uh, they seem to be a side in form. Uh, does, it, does it in some way, though, benefit you that they haven't actually been playing in, uh, in their league as, as it was the case for you, I suppose, at the start of the group stages? Yeah, but I think, you know, you, as you stated, they're an exceptional, talented squad. A lot of their players play for the national team. A lot of their players have been playing in this, these competitions, particularly the Champions League, year in, year out. And, uh, you know, we're obviously going to have to be at our, at our very best to, to get a result against them. You know, I think they themselves are also possibly looking at the results from the other group. Because I certainly believe I know, <laughs> I know for a fact that I don't think they want to face Al-Rahri in the semi-final. And, mm. And I think they will be seeing an eye on what that result is to see whether they need to finish top or, or whether they would prefer to finish second. Uh, which might benefit us to a degree because it might allow us to finish top of the group because uh, I also, uh, I'm not too concerned in terms of really played in the semi-finals. Both teams that we could possibly come up against are extremely strong teams. And, uh, you know, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta beat those strong teams if you, if you hope to get to the finals. So I'm not too particularly fussed with that. You've had a, a fair amount of time now over this uh, international break, uh, two and a half odd week break, uh, you know, mm. between that match against Celtic and, and, and coming into this uh, match against Zamalek. W- what are you yeah. doing to keep the guys sharp? No, I think it's, uh, this break came at a, at a very good stage for us because obviously, as you well know, and it's been reported time and time again, players have, have overlapped two seasons and there was always that, that fear of fatigue coming in and... and you know, it was a situation that we needed to deal with. We needed to manage the players in, in the correct way. We have five or six players who, who've been featuring in the, in the starting lineup week in, week out, and, and it gave us an opportunity to give those boys some, some <laughs> well-needed rest. Uh, whereas the rest of the squad, you know, we, it gave us also the opportunity to, to start assessing where they're at in terms of their aerobic endurance, in terms of their fitness levels. And it gave us the opportunity when, if there was any players who needed a bit of a boost or, or needed to do a little bit of a running work, we, we could do that. And also it gave us the opportunity to, to really start preparing ourselves tactically for, for this game. You know, the games have been coming so thick and fast. Usually we have a day of preparation ahead of our next scheduled game. Mm. And, and, you know, that makes it extremely difficult if you, if you, you try to plan a strategy to, to face the team that you're coming up against, you know. But now we've had a, a good opportunity to, to study Zamalek very, very well. Looked at our last game against them, where we, where we failed and, and, and where we managed to break them down. And, and, you know, we managed to work on that in, on the training field. Eric, I suppose I should just mention as well that on that point, you talk about uh, the, the matches coming thick and fast. Your match against Black Aces, which was scheduled for, for next Wednesday at Orlando Stadium, mm. has now been rescheduled to Friday. I think it's 7.30 kickoff still. Yeah. But can I ask you on a separate note, as, as one of the great names in national team football, Eric, how much does it pain you to see Bafana Bafana losing to a side like Mauritania and to do it the way they did? No, obviously... <laughs> You know, we, we don't like to see our national team, uh, finding themselves on the FIFA ranking where they currently are. But, but, but one thing needs to be said, you know, there's, there's no walkover teams anymore on the African continent. Uh, one needs to prepare oneself ex- extremely well against every team you face. You know, we look at our road to get where we are now. You know, there were teams that we played against, the team from, uh, Uganda as an example. 
uh, you know, it's, it might be an unknown brand team, but there were exceptional talented players in in that team. And then also the conditions that we had to face going to Uganda, the type of pitch that we we're going to play for. You know, so I think preparation ahead of the game is actually important, you know, nowadays. You know, I don't think uh, there's any walkover teams anymore in, in, on the African continent. I also don't think that many African teams have that fear of us anymore, and that's something we need to regain, you know, particularly Bafana Bafana. Yeah, well, there are a few teams that fear Orlando Pirates. You guys look confident and inspired, and certainly wish you the best of luck with your uh, travels. You leave on Thursday and uh, play on Sunday. Best of luck in Egypt. We hope you finish uh, top of the group, Eric, with a win against Zamalek on Sunday. Thank you very much. This is not a radio ad. This is a moment. A moment to remember. So take it all in. Because this is when everything changes. This is when you decide to really grow your business. You've got the guts. Now get the glory. With us, business partners, we've been helping small businesses grow for over three decades. We provide finance up to 50 million rand exclusively to SMEs. We are the champion of entrepreneurs, the square pigs. Visit businesspartners.co.za for more. Join us this Thursday on Top Billing as British folk singer George Ezra brings that soul music. Young designers win dream internships to Milan at the Durban Fashion Fair. Back from New York to film in SA, Zimborn actor Tongai Teresa is living the dream. And Australia falls head over heels for Joan Smalls in African fashion. Don't miss Top Billing this Thursday night at 7.30. Repeat Sunday at 12.30. Find it on 3. CSL Radio Show. Well, I'd love to tell you what's happening in terms of Banyana Banyana up against Cameroon in their opening game of the All-Africa Games, but uh, we can't seem to get any scores out of Congo Brazzaville, but I can tell you South Africa just managed to pull one back. They went 2-0 down to Tunisia in their uh, under-23 second international net in Tunis, but uh, Keegan Dolly's managed to score from a free kick 2-1. We're into the 90th minute in Tunisia, but it looks like uh, it's going to be a loss for South Africa, but that's all we've got time for. Now, Lita Muleo is up after the news with a talk shop. Jana Witten on AM Live tomorrow morning for more sport, otherwise Brad Brown at 6.30 tomorrow. Uh, uh, I'll be back on Thursday, but from the team tonight, producer Siobhan Chetty and me, Dwayne DeLocker. Have a lovely evening. Cheers. It's 7 o'clock.